Blog Talk Radio. Black Free Think Earth. Black Free Welcome to the break, me, we may keep the place, speak these words, whether you in the burbs or in the hood, on the street curb or corner, cross no divorces in your middle state, elevate your thinking to fall in line like the inner state, we've been to take you on the journey like the other game, painting perfect pictures without the cellophane, cellophane with those same with instruction, and we're here with ideas for construction, critique from critics with cynics with the lyrics, abolish demons and spirits, making that work like Linux, pivot your position, listen when we drop wisdom with the gods. Man, a big I'm mad enough for this whack business Weak rappers that lack structure I'm back in this Leaving half to get tracks ruptured Black free thinker Free flowing mentality You wanna see thinking Rewrote to reality What is morality? Always thoughtless and scared to wander I'm about to read A bone godless Americana With my doubt for these Apologetics to all prophetic Filling empty holes With god aesthetics It's all connected It's 310-982 And 42-73 to get through So turn down your speakers Or a feedback We'll disrupt the show and interrupt you. Yo, yo, yo. Good evening, everybody. It's your boy MC Brooks right here. Got my man Father Teresa on the line. And uh, welcome to the second. (laughs) My bad, man. Welcome to the uh, second official edition of uh, the Breakbeat. Here on Black Freethinkers Radio, um, our first um, obviously happened two weeks ago. Um, got a pretty dope topic we're going to discuss tonight. I mean, we've actually got we've got a bunch of stuff um, prepared for tonight. Uh, the 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 main topic that we're going to discuss in about an hour from now is um, is on the word nigger or the N word if you want to be PC. Um, so we're going to have a pretty uh, Interesting conversation on that. We're going to break down the history, <clears throat> excuse me, break down the history of it, talk about its modern use, you know, whether or not, you know, anyone can say it, whether white people can say it, all of that. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll get into, you know, what kind of inspired that because it's somewhat of a cliche topic. However, you know, like Nas said, no idea is original. So there's only, there's only new ways for us to go about it. So we'll have a pretty great um conversation lined up for you a little less than an hour from now. Um, in the meantime, we have uh, a couple other segments that we're going to get into right here on this first hour. Uh, we're going to go into our announcements. Then we're going to break into uh, the crossfade, which is you know our hot topic section. Then we're going to introduce a, a new segment this week. Uh, one that we were supposed to do last week, but unfortunately we didn't get really we didn't really get around to um, called "Come On, Son." So that'll that'll take place after the crossfade. Then after that, me and uh, Father Teresa will be dropping some verses on a, another new segment called "The Overflow," and then we're going to jump into the conversation itself on the N word. But first, we have some announcements. Ah yes, yeah yeah. If you, if you heard me before, I am I am predictable. You know what I'm gonna say. Go back and check the archives. Like there's so many now. Just in what? Just in seven days, you get intersectionality in the free thought community part two. That means there's a part one. Go back and check that too. The RSS feed on corporal punishment. Is it abuse or discipline? 
that one that one was dope. I, I was there live for that. Um, you had um, Alfred and Carl, and this one um, in between uh, segments, Alfred was doing superhero stuff. And uh, they did the Trayvon Martin, the trial and the uh, victimization, and um, and go back and listen to Carl. Carl opened it up, wicked, wicked. He started talking about the movie, The Color Purple, and and flipping that in there. It was it was it was nice. Uh, go back with On Blast with Veter Star, a decriminalization of marijuana. That that one was fresh. That was a nice long two hour show. That was, that was a fantastic show. We had a really really great conversation on that show. And then um, Supreme Court decisions. Where do we go from here? And I was uh, in, in in live for that one. And that, yeah, a good good show and a good day in general. You know what day that was? That was the day that the fresh produce and meat store finally opened up. I can support a local business grocery <laughs> shop and right down the street from the house. It's fantastic, man. How you been doing? Are you doing all right? Uh, I'm good, you know, uh, working on rhymes, trying to hurry up and get this project um, finished up so I can ship it out to the public. Um, I'm good, though, you know. Things are good. Okay, so, you, July, so you're good? You're, you know, you know. you're good? Because okay. you, you know what? Because I've been praying for you, and since you're I'll doing work. good, uh, my prayer's been answered. Therefore, God exists. Checkmate, atheist. You're doing good. <laughs> and I, I brought that on you with my faith. Uh, you, you didn't take your medicine this month, you know. It's uh, some some is a little off there. You, you know we don't do that around these parts, my man. That's that's yep, proof. You know. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. and we have um, and has a battle coming up. We should be saying a debate, but this is the breakbeat. It's a battle, all right. Emmerline has a battle <laughs> coming up. So she's posted, you know, she she she's getting bars together. She's like, ooh, that's a five syllable rhyme. I can spit that. Yeah, so she she's gonna <laughs> jump in there and, and and grab the mic. She's gonna do some mic tussling. It's gonna be like 1995 again. You're gonna you're gonna dig it. And MC Brooks has a fresh track on the way that will be coming to you, and he's gonna spit a verse from that. I I think he's gonna yes. do it. We're gonna talk him into it. <laughs> hey hey, keep it on the wraps for now. Yeah, so we're gonna challenge you, you to think and do some research and sniff things up. All right, do do research, think, and look around. It's a click away. You can still look at your cat memes. You could have that in the other window, always ready to look at your cat memes, but also just be re- reading and doing some research on something. All right, because uh, we we walk by sight to see what makes your whole day glow. Because faith is believing what you know ain't. So, what have you seen in the news, my man? That's, hold on, before I even do that, that's uh, that's pretty dope. I I, I kind of like that phrase. I might have to drop that in the <laughs> bar somewhere. That was pretty dope. Walk by sight. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty fresh. I'm always anyway. Ready. So this is our this is this is our first segment right here, the crossfade. So yeah, we had you know there you know a lot's been happening in the, in the news over the past. It's two weeks uh, since the last time we were here. Um, Press for time, so, you know, definitely wanted to make sure we we broke down and and talked about a couple things that definitely caught uh, my attention and caught um, Father Sharice's attention over the last um, last two weeks. I'm going to kind of go a little bit out of of order here. Um, We have a couple things lined up. Um, The first thing I kind of wanted to talk about, mostly because it's been on my mind since I first read about it 
uh, yesterday. Now, anyone who knows me knows that the rapper Lupe Fiasco, one of my favorite MCs. He's been a huge influence, and I've been a fan ever since I discovered him in 2005. Um, but he's in the news. And, you know, usually, you, you know, generally they say, you know, there's no such thing as bad press. But, unfortunately, when your name is Lupe Fiasco, to some degree there can be. Now, Lupe, is in the, Lupe Fiasco is in the news, and he's been in the news actually a lot over the last year and a half, if I um, remember correctly. But um, he's, in, he's in the news um, for a graduation speech that he gave last Saturday at a Chicago uh, public high school. Um, some of the commentary that he made uh, basically, uh, I don't want to say it was offensive, but it definitely... Um, it definitely put some people on blast, and lots of folks weren't really happy about it because they felt like Lupe took uh, what should be a, a, a moment of celebration and used it for his own agenda. Now I'm going to read a couple of the quotes from the uh, from the from the uh, the speech that he gave. Now, unfortunately, the full speech has not been made available, so mo so there, it's unlikely that we'll get a chance to hear what else that he had to say. So I'm only going to say right now um, what exactly was written in that article. The first quote, or the first quote we have, congratulations, you, you have graduated from one of the most terrible substandard school systems in the entire world. You've just spent the last 12 years receiving one of the worst educations on earth. You are at least four, five steps behind people in other countries that are younger than you. That was one of the quotes. The second one of the second quote or the second quote that I have. The caps and gowns and your tassels and your honorary blah 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 don't mean nothing. That's just dress. They just represent to someone else that you've achieved something, but then when you look back at it, what have you achieved? Um, there's another quote I had on manhood that I had written down, but unfortunately don't seem to have it on my queue right now. But um, as I said, you know, Lupe, Lupe has been in, um, you know, he definitely got, it definitely got discussed on Twitter, for one. I'm a big Twitter user, so. Um, but, he, uh, again, you know, a lot of folks have been kind of criticizing and, and and saying ill things about Lupe for, you know, for his commentary. But, um, you know, hey, Father Teresa, what did you think about that, you know, when when you first read his comments? What was the first thing that came to your mind? Oh well, no, I was like, when you hit him with, do, do you even need the rest of the speech? That you know, like one or two of those sentences alone, and you're like, you can drop the mic, arrogant, drop the mic. Who cares how expensive it was, and 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 walk off the stage because you already served it. Yeah, that, and and people um, yeah, what cr criticizing it, saying yeah, you shouldn't say that, like that that. That's got to be some kind of conditioning there, because they're just telling them don't don't speak against the system that creates and maintains poverty and inequality. Don't speak against that system, and don't dare speak against the people that are going fresh into that system. We need them trained how we have how we already had them set. Don't 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 try to throw them off. And yeah, people can't help that. It's just very very, very well trained humans we have on this continent. <laughs> You know, you know, but you you didn't have a problem with like the platform, like the fact that you know graduation uh, male black male graduation rates generally have been terrible there, and you know we have one 
uh, or and at the ceremony he decides to I'm going to say hijack it, but you know, give a speech that you know a lot of, that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. You don't think it was a bad time for that? Yeah, the first the first time you eat Brussels sprouts, they are going to leave a, a, a bad taste in your mouth. But you keep eating them, you find out how you like to season them, and then you can, and then you can, can continue to to consume that good vegetable for you. And yeah, if, if they if they don't go run and hide under their pillow, and keep on telling themselves that we live in an egalitarian society and uh, American exceptionalism, and just keep crying that into your pillow, you are not going to get socially healthy. So yes, eat these intellectual Brussels sprouts, and yes, at this dinner where you thought it was going to be nothing but ice cream and gummy worms, too bad you don't get your ice cream and gummy worms. Eat your Brussels. <laughs> you know, I, I I agree. I mean, when I first when I first read this story, I, I was a little conflicted because um, I, I kind of felt the same way. I kind of felt the same way as, as some other people did. I didn't disagree with his message at all. And truthfully, considering how Rahm Emanuel and 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 um, the folks out there in Chicago and how the school system has been run, um, I don't think he was wrong. And I didn't feel like he was wrong. And truthfully, they need to be put on blast. And but you know, I kind of felt like you know maybe it wasn't the t- it wasn't the time. And then, but then the more I think about it, I don't think the message would have been as effective had it come at any had, had it had it been said at any other time. You know, like you know, he's speaking directly to the people that are most affected by the Chicago school system, which are the students. And what other message? I mean, what 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 other time would have been better? I feel like to to say you know to express those comments and to be real with them. You know, you know, his what he said was honest and it was accurate. You know, yeah. I feel like far too often, you know, far too often at these kind of speeches, and and, and even in schools themselves, you know, we we. We sugarcoat things, and we we try to present things, you know, as nice, or we try to present it as a certain way so that feelings don't get hurt, or we don't try to, you know, try to give people a negative outlook on how things are. But, you know, what he said is kind of the is kind of a reality, and I can truthfully say, you know, and and, and as someone who like I went to an HBCU and I went to an African I had an African American history class, and my my teacher was blunt. He was blunt with the entire class, and at first, you know, I was kind of turned off to turned off to it. But the more he did it, you know, I actually started listening to what he had to say, and the more that you know, the more I, un- I started to understand. And so I, I appreciate the hell out of that man for being blunt with not only me but the rest of my class and and so I'm not terribly upset at what, at what he said I'm not because I'm not one because like I said I can't really think of any other time when I think the point would have been as effective as far as communicating it you know yeah it reminds me of a uh, sex ed and um 
in grade eight at uh, Jason Lee Middle School in 1997, uh, and the uh, the the science teacher, like he just went for it, and he was so damn comfortable. Everybody else was comfortable. One kid raised his hand, he said, "Hey, hey why does it feel good?" I'm like, "Cause because the teacher is just telling you the truth." Like, and he was like, oh, what, pull out? Hell no, man, that's not a good method. Like, he, he's, he, he was kicking the real game. And yeah, yeah, and, um, and, young, and young people appreciate that. Young, young people, they, they appreciate when adults just talk to them like people. Everybody tries to talk people relative to exactly what age range they are. You know, you're not talking to a bunch of morons. And the, and the younger they are, the larger percent of, of their life they've had Google versus yours. Right, right, right. Yeah, I you're you're exactly right. Like I used to work, I used to work with children, and you know the the, the talking down to them, the, the having the approach of I'm up here, you're down here, doesn't work because it's not effective. I was never a, I was never able to communicate any information or any type of point to, to the children I was dealing with when. I just treated them like, I'm the adult here, you're the kid, you should listen to me. When I speak to them as just people, now, I mean, obviously, now them being kids, you know, they're still obviously less mature than I am. But when I just spoke to them, more often than not, you know, they understood and whatever I was trying to get across got across to them because I was up front and I was straightforward without talking down or trying to be, you know, completely authoritative to them. So you're exactly you're exactly right. And like um Marilyn in the chat room said, no other time no other no other time would have gotten the attention that this message deserves. And she's right. And Lupe was right. But but part of the reason I feel like she's getting a lot of the shade for this is because people People already have kind of a negative kind of they, they kind of already have a negative image of him, just based on you know um, other things that he said and and uh, and other um, actions that he's taken, especially in regards to politics and the system in general. So because of that, you know, it's kind of like when people already don't like you, they're not really going to be receptive to what you have to say, even if what you have to say is right. Or accurate. Yeah. And well timed. Appropriately right. timed. You know, it's it's like that I wish I had that Eddie Griffin clip right here. It's like who he said he said, you know, who cares who the message is? Did you get the message? <laughs> that was uh, from um uh, that was from um that clip he did on religion. That was a pretty phenomenal pretty phenomenal clip. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, ah man, I remember '90s Eddie Griffin. He he just he 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 lost me when he started recycling jokes a little too much. Like, come on, man! I heard that back when you were wearing cross colors and flat tops. Right. Let me see. Um, <laughs> and that and that was a uh, Lupe 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 fiasco. And then um, yes, you sir. know, you hear a lot. It, like if if you're a podcast junkie like me, or if you like to turn on the lamestream media and watch those people yell at each other for their big old corporate check every once in a while, you just keep on hearing about the one the one woman filler buster. They got the sneakers, the feeler buster, and you hear it all week, all week, right? 
You didn't did, did you hear about the man throws a firebomb in Wendy Davis's office? <laughs> two firebombs. Yeah. They they threw him in the uh, in, in Fort Worth there on on a um on, on a Tuesday night and uh, she wasn't in the office at the time and uh somebody got the fire extinguisher out and they took care of it. Uh no one was injured in the attack, but the lawmaker lawmaker's office was damaged by the fire. I mean that's a that's a terrorist act, right? Is it huh? It it should be a terrorist act. But you know, when 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 white people carry out attacks, they're not gonna get labeled terrorists. Even if what they do even if what's done is a terrorist act. Why? Because of Jesus? <laughs> Man, because, you know how white <laughs> You know how white supremacy how white supremacy works, you know. There's, yeah, and, uh, and also that it's it's within the tribe. It's within this tribe of Christians on the land that we have all been trained to call America. To it at that, like that, that's definitely also part of it. Because you know Rick Perry's whole deal with trying to run the whole abortion deal is because because fucking Jesus, man, died for your sins. You know, so no, no, no abortion for you. And yeah, it's, it's fun, I mean, the, um, what up? It's just no. It's just it's, it's just interesting because a lot of these pro-life people are still also pro-death penalty, and I, I, I've always kind of found that to be kind of a fascinating contradiction. Like you're pro-life when it comes to fetuses, but you're not pro-life when it comes to actual human beings. Interesting stance for you to have as someone who considers himself pro-life. Which that is that is definitely um that is um hierarchical hierarchical how do you say these fancy cityfied words hierarchical um top down um, prioritizing because you you know who needs the breeding, and you know who they need to breed. They need the poor and the disenfranchised to be breeding so that they can have more cheap labor. But they but they need yep. some foot soldiers, some Christians on the ground that can say, we're doing this because of Jesus, because of faith, so that they get to be the big stupid face screaming pro-life while the asshole businessman is like, man, I need some more workers in my fucking Walmart factory here. Let's start. Let's start spitting them out. You know, or the yep. or the preacher. You know, the 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 churches. They just want to increase membership. All right, spit them out, Sister Tiffany. Let's go. Well, not not not, on, not only that, but but you know, what, what abortion represents to to these people are what it represents is women owning control over her own body. They can't have that. They they can't handle that. Women wanting to have control over what they do with their body. They're, they can't they, they they can't control women if women have control over their body. You know, historically speaking, they they've been able to, to survive as long as they have because they've been able to convince women that their body is not their property. That they have no control over it. Your your body yeah. your body belongs to everybody but you. It you know, it belongs to your husband it belongs to it belongs to what you have no say in what you can do to it. Only everyone else has a say. And so people, you know, when so now you have 
situation where women want to, you know, they want to have control over, you know, if they want to be able to have an abortion, they should be able to. But, you know, people see that as, oh, no, women want control over something. We can't have that. Therefore, again, <laughs> that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, no, that, no. Uh, like I said. Full bodily said, autonomy. Uh, yeah, but like um, as I was saying, they, you know, they, they, they're, they're not, they can't, they can't handle that. That's too modern for them. You know, for for a lot of folks, they're still used to man being the the head of the household and women always playing second fiddle. You know, you walk behind the man, not beside the man. You know what I mean? Definitely not in front. So you and know, that's so weird. They, that's so strange to me. And it's not like I don't even like when I look in the mirror. I don't think, look at me. I'm so liberal. I'm so progressive. I'm like, no. What I think is just fucking normal. Like it. Like we got to stop calling this shit progressive or liberal or all these fancy names. Let's just call ourselves the normals. We're the people that just we want to do normal shit, and not oh man, these guys are so strange. Why? Why do you absolutely want everybody to be punished for sex with a baby? So like, what is with this obsession with forced breeding? Stop it! We're not at a shortage of humans. Oh, we're definitely not that. But you know, for some reason, they just can't seem to understand that humans have sex for pleasure as well as reproduction. And you know what it is? It's to do as I say, too, because they do want to do it for pleasure. They just don't want the, you know, they just don't want their business spread across the town. They're the kind of people that like secrecy because they have, they're the same mammal that we are. Like all that stuff they do, that's just lip service from an old scripture, air quotes for the folks that can't see me, that is now their little magic book their 2,000-year-old edition of Harry Potter magic nonsense. <laughs> and, and it's just its what they say. That's not what they do. Rick Sanford said he just wants to have a family, but really he wanted to go and get it on with some hot young brown chick. That's what he really wanted to do because he's a human just like me. It's not special just because you say you believe that. That's why we have the word lie because people do it. Ah. <laughs> so so very so very so very true. I mean, and, and we're gonna, especially folks that are strictly Bible based or strictly um, um, influenced by it. You know, they're they're taught to suppress. They're taught to suppress their urges. They're taught to suppress their sexuality because for some reason, sex is bad. And. You know, I just had a thought at, as soon as I said that, and I think I'm gonna have to formulate that thought before I, before I say, I'm gonna have to let that marinate for a second. But for some reason, sex is taboo. It's it's bad. It's it's evil. You know, and it it's because of that that they want people to suppress their urges and 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 whatnot. And I think for a lot of these folks, when someone ends up getting pregnant out of wedlock especially, you know, I, I sort of think in the back of their mind they see that child as, quote, God's way of telling you that you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place, end quote. 
which is why they want to force these people, which is why they want to force these people to to keep the children when you know once uh, they get once they get uh, pregnant. Yeah, and that that's the, and it's the foot soldiers too. Like still, like you know, still that that's not the guys at the top. That's the person that's your next door neighbor that has fifteen anti-abortion bumper stickers on her Toyota Celica. That that that's that person. I I still maintain that the person at the top they just want labor. And fireworks on the third, my neighbors. But yeah. Yeah, that's that I'm pretty sure, that wackiness. I'm pretty sure that's a universal thing. They've been sending out fireworks here for at least a week. But um Yeah, like I'm that old guy. I wanna call the non emergency police number and just, you know, state a grievance or something. I'm that old man. You know, it's it's kinda it's it's kinda awesome you mentioned that. Did I was uh you know someone you know who else dialed the uh, the non emergency police line? George Zimmerman. Huh. And that man is on trial right now. I don't know if anyone else. I don't know if anyone else has been keeping us. Yeah, you like that segue? <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone else has been. I don't know if anyone else has been keeping up with the trial. Unfortunately, I've been at work this whole week, so I don't. I don't really get to watch the trial until I get home. And by the time I get home, they're usually getting ready to, you know, end court for the day. But um. A couple of big things have happened this have, uh, have happened have happened this past week um, in regard in regards to the trial. Now, you know, I've said from the start, and I still believe this. I still believe Zimmerman is going to get off, or if he doesn't get off, he's going to get a lesser sentence than what he deserves. Because unfortunately, in 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 court, in court cases. It's not always so much about what the actual truth is, but it's if you can discredit someone even if they are being truthful, or and as well as the presentation. You know, it's it's, it's the side stuff. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you know, I, I would say you know, court cases are kind of like music performances in that it's not just so much about you know what you say. But it's how you present it and how you communicate it, and if you can make sure, if you can convince, in, in, as far as a concert, you can convince the people that you're dope and you, you're good at what you're doing, or in court that what you're, or in court what you're saying is true, or what this person is saying is false or is not deserving. And um, I said all that. Um, I said all that for two reasons. One because that was a topic that came up as far as Rachel Gentile, who was uh, Trayvon Martin's friend, who uh, was on, who was uh, te- who testified last week, I believe, and basically got dragged through the mud, not only by, you know, not only by Zimmerman supporters, but by black folks, you know, criticizing her for the way she wore her hair, the way she spoke, her attitude, um, her 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 not her you know admitting to lying, and all and all of this other mess. Um, so that that was the fir- that's the first reason I kind of brought up that, and the second the second reason I brought it up is just as far as the case itself. 
Um, if anyone who's, anyone who's been watching can tell that Zimmerman's lawyers, one, are basically scrapping at the bottom of the barrel for whatever they can get to try to save this case, to try to discredit the prosecution. Now, um, this now um, the last two days, uh, I think two people, two people have testified as far as the DNA is concerned in uh, on George Zimmerman. Um, today, um, I believe I cannot remember the guy's name, but um, they had one of the DNA people uh, testify today, and they basically found out what was already known to be true and what completely contradicts Zimmerman's already already um, horribly put-together story of what happened that night. Now, uh, the DNA expert basically said, well, no DNA, you know, none, none of Zimmerman's DNA was found under Martin's fingernails or, or in his hands. So basically, um, you know, the whole thing, you know, the whole thing about bashing Zimmerman's face, I mean, his head against the ground and all of that wasn't happen, didn't happen, it didn't happen like he said it did. And Zimmerman himself, I mean, um, this, all this mess about Trayvon reaching for his gun, bashing his, bashing his head against the window while, I mean, against the ground while, um, punching him. It just goes to show that George's story basically has no weight. And, and it, and, and it's, and it, it's falling apart. And I, I'm thinking, as far as I'm concerned, the prosecution is, has done somewhat of a good job in kind of showing that Zimmerman Zimmerman lied, and he's and then trying to destroy his credibility. I also thought another brilliant move that they brought up was having one of his former teachers um, uh, testify that you know Zimmerman, who wanted to be a prosecution attorney someday uh, or a cop, basically had knowledge of the self-defense had knowledge of the um uh, of what the rules are regarding or what the laws are regarding self defense. Now uh as far as I think today the prosecution I think they finished their case and now the defense is gonna they're gonna start um on on Friday. But I wanted I wanted to bring this up just because well one, it's it's an important trial. You know, it's huge and despite the fact that I do think Zimmerman's going to get off, it's very entertaining to watch. Um, have you been keeping up with it, FT? Uh, no, I've um, I I I've stopped watching. I guess just like you know, they 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 keep they they bringing them up, and I'm like, they they they're going to give him an ankle bracelet at the end of all this, right? Like that, that that's what I'm expecting. You know, he's going to get some well house arrest, play some Xbox, you know. Maybe order order up some Papa John's. Yeah, yeah, I I I have no faith, no 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 faith in this at all. No faith in that jury. They're a bunch of locals. You know, they're not, they're not special people. It's just regular folk. They threw them on the jury and then said creepy ass cracker as many times as they could. Right. You know what? That, and, and truthfully, 
that whole ridiculous conversation was part of the reason that I wanted to do the show um, that we're doing, that we're going to do tonight. Um, just that I didn't watch the CNN special. I really had no desire to because I kind of, I, I feel like there's no real point to it. You know, there's no, there's no way, there's no way you can put the N word and Cracker on the same level and treat them as if they're equal. That 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 is absolutely ridiculous. But, um, you know, and Marilyn brought up a good point in the chat room just now. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of the things that I kind of realized late, you know, a lot of the dialogue does sound like it's from an action flick, you know, now, now truthfully, truth, now, you know, I'm not trying to evoke any stereotypes or, any, or anything right now, but seriously, what is a, at any point in time, when have you ever thought of hearing someone, someone black especially go, you're going to die tonight, mother, you know, really? Who says that? That sounds that like something out of an old spaghetti. Shit. That sounds like something out of an old spaghetti western flick. You gonna die tonight? Who says that? You gonna, and especially, you gonna die tonight? And especially, who says that? And who especially? And who says that? If they're being followed, you know, they're being followed, and then all of a sudden you say he decides to confront you and be like. You gonna die tonight? What? Who t- no one talks like that. And then after getting shot, he's like, "You got me." What? Who says that? Seriously? Who said like exactly? If, you, if anyone who knows how seventeen-year-olds talk, have you listened to a seventeen-year-old talk? Shit, my sister's nineteen, and I can't understand half the shit that she says. That being yeah, said, not no, a 17-year-old in a Stephen King novel. Right. <laughs> Who says that? Like that 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 sounds like something straight out of a um something straight out of a, a um um a spaghetti western. Like that's just you know, that's uh, just ridiculous. Maybe I'm easily and, swayed. Now you you have just sold me on George Zimmerman's hero complex because if you look at the words that he said, and I guess the words that he's alleging that old uh, Trayvon Martin said there, fucking punks they always get away. Like I could see him like dressed with a Clint Eastwood mask on. Fucking punks always right. get away. <laughs> you gonna die tonight? Right. You're not gonna catch me, Papa. <laughs> but you know, and, and here's another point that no that I don't I don't think I've seen anyone else ever bring up. Now Zimmerman himself said I forget if this was um, when he was being interrogated by police or if this was when he was talking to Hannity or whenever he said this. But he he said that he got into the car because he was going he was getting ready to go to Target, and that's and while he came when he got into his car, that's when he noticed. Uh, Trayvon walking into the complex looking at houses or whatever. Now, okay, grown man getting ready to go to Target. You know, most people go to Target. I shop at Target every now and then. But who goes to Target with a gun with a gun in their waist? I, w- I would really love to know that. Who 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 decides? You know what? You know what? I'm gonna throw some shoes on, grab my gun, stash it in my pot, stash it in my jeans. <laughs> And roll the target. 
that? Well, well, well you, you see, the thing is, it, it's been getting real in Target. You know, they, um, they're they battling <laughs> out with... I, I can't think of any excuses. There's nothing. I mean, I, I, I like to have my accessories, too. I have my reusable shopping bag and what have you. But the, the heat, you, you need the strap. For, for for what? Because when you go not, in the when in the grocery aisle, it lights up automatically, and that freaks you out. Those are sensors. And here's the thing: wasn't wasn't even Black Friday? Fear of Black Friday. Kind of understand. People are crazy out here. Kind of understand. Yeah, Black Friday. You know, a BB gun. A BB gun would be good enough. Right. This happened in February. You know, in the middle of basketball season, like. <laughs> Come on! In February, son. so in February, does he re- does he really think that they're they're going that hard on Valentine's Day cards in there? There's going to be flowers and candy everywhere. I might have to blast on Cupid. It, it could go down if he pulls that bow and arrow on me. I'm going to show him how we took over America, son. Gunpowder. <laughs> Maybe that so, was the whole. That's the Zimmerman theory. I don't know. Guy's nuts. That that it just might be. But you know what? I'm a, you know, we both kind of dropped the language just now, so might as well use that as kind of a segue. Jump into something I know that you and I, you've been uh, definitely waiting for. So me, me and uh, Father Teresa here, been going to introduce a new segment or one of two new segments right here. This one is called "Come On, Son." Now, anyone who's seen the Ed Lover, who's seen the Ed Lover videos, they're absolutely hilarious. Um, if you haven't. You have he he just put out like come on son like thirty five not not like not too long ago, so um, definitely go check those out because they're absolutely hilarious. Now in this segment, in this segment, um, me and Father Teresa are gonna each bring up something that happened either this past week or the past two weeks that just made you go, what? Come on son, really? So, and, and that will kind of be the point, you know. This segment is kind of intended to be humorous. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's lighthearted. It's not really meant to be serious. It's, just, it's definitely going to highlight, like, really, really ridiculous stuff or people doing really ridiculous stuff. That being said, I'll let my man Father Teresa start this uh, start this segment off. You just made me have a brand new one. I'm I'm embarrassed. This is my this is my hip hop ignorance. Son, I didn't even know that Ed Lover still worked or that he was doing this segment. I thought I thought this was something you came up with. So here I am doing a radio show, and I don't even know where my own segments come from. Son, oh, <laughs> snap! Yeah, and you saw you saw that you saw that link that was posted. The uh, they're gonna have a a, a pride parade there. Oh, man. All right. So <laughs> let me let me pull up this. Let me pull up this link right here. So, you know, I love my city. But apparently um, this guy named Christopher Doyle, co-founder of uh, Voice of the Voiceless, uh, I have no idea what that organization is, uh, requested a meeting with the president to discuss Tolerance for the ex-gay community and how the White House can ensure equal access for ex-gays in the nation's capital, which is the only jurisdiction that recognizes ex-gays as a legally protected class. So, 
on the 31st of this month, ex-gay Americans are going to we're going to march on Capitol Hill in celebration of ex-gay Pride Month. And they're going to be meeting representatives in Congress to bring awareness to the segment of the population that Doyle believes are mischaracterized by the media and pro-gay activists. Come on, son. <laughs> what in the bloody hell is this? Like, I almost had a Simon Cowell moment. Like, I, I damn near had an aneurysm. What, what in, what? What is ex, ex what is ex gay pride? Straight pride? What what like what are you trying to accomplish by highlighting, hey, I'm ex I'm an ex gay American. I'm proud that I'm an ex gay American. I need rights because I'm ex gay. What 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 is this? Really? What the hell is an ex gay? Like, you're straight? You're back to you're you're straight now? Good for you. You want a cookie? You want a gold star? You, you know, you want some glitter on the top of your uh, of your A plus paper? Like what? What the heck? What? Oh man, people, I tell you. I, yeah. I, I mean, I I I, I just want to know. Does that mean we have to add on another letter? Do we have to add on another, like, does it have to be LGBTQIAE now? Do we have to add in ex-gay now? Are they part of the community? Like, and, and if they are, I want them putting in work. I want to see them in absolute vodka commercials. I want to see them guest hosting an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to come out and be a part of the community. You come in full-fledged. All right, no no goofing around. You better start some podcasts, get a Facebook page going. Like if if I have to say another letter, someone's putting in effort. And you know what? Marcus Bachman is probably really proud. Like this is his graduating class. All right, not now he can really focus on just doing Michelle's hair. <laughs> Man, uh, that stuff that 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 stuff is really really ridiculous. You know, you know what's really ridiculous for me? That that really kind of kind of ground my gr- uh, grinded my gears. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. I'm a huge football fanatic. I've been in the football since I I can't even I can't even remember. Like that like that's some that's something that runs in my family. Like everyone in my family is a football fan. Like that's that's just what we are. That's what we do. Everyone has played a sport, and everyone watches football on Sunday. That's just how it happens. And Aaron Hernandez is a guy I've, been, is a guy I've watched for a while because he plays for a team that I hate. But regardless of that, he's a dope football player, and I respected him. Well, I respected him up until about two weeks ago. This man, This man is currently being held at a prison in uh in New England uh for murdering for murdering a semi pro football player on June seventeenth. And on top of that he's now been connected to a double murder that happened six years ago while he was in while he was a freshman at Florida. This man just signed a a forty million dollar contract. Forty million dollars I would be lucky if I see $40 million in my lifetime. This man signed a $40 million, $40 million contract, 
and forty million dollars was not enough for for him to stop to, to cut the BS. Come on, son. For forty million dollars, I will I will excommunicate my friends, family, any potential. I will yo. I will go into complete isolation. I will not know not I will not know any of y'all. I will completely deactivate my Facebook, unfriend all nine hundred of them. I will unfollow everyone on Twitter. I will move to a box in Nevada. Dog, forty million dollars, man. Come on, son. Yeah. Forty yeah, million dollars. You don't know how to get. You don't know how to get your your. I almost cursed on here. Forty million dollars. You don't know how to get your shit together. Come on, man. You know, and I'm not that young. You know, you you give me forty million dollars, I've I've aged up a bit. I already know what I want out of life. You give me forty million dollars, and I'm just I'm gonna be playing San Andreas and ordering pizza until I do, which which should be about six months if that's all I do, and and that'll just be what I do until I die. I'm I'm gonna go relax. I'm gonna go sit up in the mountain. Now you you're not gonna see me all over the city driving the this that and the other thing. No, I'm gonna be deep in the nope. suburbs, hidden away from humans. No, no, forty million, no, forty million, forty million, no, forty million dollars, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let Soldier Boy go for my rhyme. No, forty million, no, forty million dollars. I will, I will buy Sally May and put them out of business. Like, for, yo, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. I will, I will completely dump. I will dump everything, dog. Forty million. I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not someone who's money hungry and all about money and, and all that. But shoot, forty million dollars, I will invest and retire and do absolutely nothing but what I want to do for the next however long I'm on this earth. Forty million dollars, and it can't, it can't make you, it can't make you get your, get your stuff together. This dude just had a kid. He just had a kid. And and the sad part, the, like the saddest part of all of this, is he's only twenty three years old, and he could he's a he's about to go to jail for life. Twenty three years old, just signed a forty million dollar contract, just got engaged to his girlfriend, just had a daughter, I think six months ago, and 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 all of that is not is not enough. For you, for you to not to not do dumb stuff—that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous, man. That that's that's ridiculous. Absolutely. <clears throat> but that's um. So that's our come on, son. Segment right there. Um, seem to be having internet issues. Oh great! This oh, oh, it's messing up on you. Yeah, it's my server is is kind of kind of acting up a little bit. Um, but this would be a good time to transition into a second new segment that I know that you're excited about, and this is the overflow. Oh, now unlike the last segment, this is one that I actually did invent. The name is isn't taken from anything else other than something that I came up with. Um, now, the overflow, you know, as most people know, I rap, and as most people know, Father Teresa raps. And we are both absolutely dope MCs. 
So the overflow will be a segment that sh- I guess should take place every week or every other week when we host the show. Um, it, it, it sometimes will come up, sometimes it might not. It kind of depends on how much we have queued up as far as topics and, and discussion and guests and whatnot. Um, but uh, the overflow, like I said, the overflow will be a segment where we'll we'll get to showcase not only our talents. But uh, every now and then we may have a guest on and allow them to spit as a part of the overflow segment. Or we may just highlight, you know, maybe a dope verse we heard in the song or or something along those lines. Um, in the meantime, um, you know, I'm here. Father Teresa's here. So because we're both here, we're both going to going to drop some verses on you guys, and, and hopefully this will uh, definitely uh, go over well and get you guys kind of excited and get you guys in, the, in, a, in, a, in a good mood before we jump into this, this really, really, really dope, deep discussion uh, afterwards. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think my internet's fixed. Oh. Uh, oh, progress. the internet's I'm, I'm fixed. And that's progress Definitely happy this. about that. Yeah. So... Um, hey, you want so you want you want to start this you want to start this segment off or you want me to I'll go write. first? I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll I'll jump in and then I'll bring you back with the energy. You'll be listening for Christian Sharia. Christian Sharia, yo. Now, according to a black conservative, his bros and other men, the reason why I don't go in the booth and vote Republican, because I ain't got no job so for a paycheck. I wake up, I get dressed, and go to government. The one that doesn't want me to know of what was in the food approaches GMOs control the supplements. They're stopping the frisking flawed intentions. Quotas under them. You transgender with condoms, they'll go and cuff you then. Egregiously charge you for prostitution with it. When you're in jail, the boss at your job assumes you quit it. Now, does that sound like liberty and justice for all that sounds like misery and struggle for y'all and that sounds like it could be a business deal silly as rick perry's wish merry christmas bill really it gets very sick how these humans behave in christian sharia the simple rule is do as i say hey and that's boom come on brooke tell them why you mad son boom boom goes the dynamite Um, All right, so tomorrow, 4th of July, um, I mean, I might as well just say it here. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. Tomorrow I'm going to drop a new song, or a freestyle, I guess I should say, um, you know, in honor of the holiday. So... Uh, in the meantime, I'll spit the lyrics from that, and then tomorrow you guys will be able to down, listen and download the track, share it with your friends, put it on your iPod, bump it in your whip, you know, whatever whatever y'all want to go ahead and do to it. Check it. Uh, sad state of affairs in the present day. Talk free market, but women's bodies they regulate. In 2013, his statement's most hateful. Still, they want to tell us America's post-racial. That's BS. My people still lack the resources and the women have to be light-skinned to be gorgeous. All of these are criminals when you began the conquest. First, it was slavery. Now, it's the prison complex. 
fed us white Jesus, so we need a savior. Wouldn't look inside ourselves, be on good behavior. Wasn't that long ago, but you tell me to forget it, won't even have a conversation. That's how you know it's embedded in the fabric of this nation. Since its origins, addicted to war, whether it's overseas or on the poor again, more or less the president, still a figurehead. I like the guy, but his policies will turn us to the living dead, whether it's the NSA or Guantanamo Bay or more drones just to call it a day, solely dependent on the Middle East for oil or a war that started on the premise that we'll live in peace, depending on China's economy's fucked last election that was Obama, Romney or bust. No faith in the system. That's why I'm uncomfortable since Louis Armstrong told me this world was wonderful, but it's not. Sorry that I sound like a pep pessimist F that I ain't sorry let me mic check again one two three into the four how we independent when we're dependent on war it's a wonderful world <laughs> I got that reference that's that's my shit I keep that mp3 on deck and then uh and then uh that was the dope verse but then I got my worse words to spit. Yo, yo, these are my lyrical gymnastics. Finishing backwards, get them in place. With a bent of mental entrapment. Simple, extravagant, binary, blurred in the vision. Use intricate tactics when rhyming words are perfect. When spitting the first one, I'll get in this wicked and hella wrong. Yo, a convicted sex offender, Nicholas Elizondo. He's crazy, getting major vicious, making big tears roll. His knocking, sitting girlfriend's daughter raped at six years old. If you're apathetic, it could get scary if it's yours. He goes to prison gets out, gets married, gets divorced, had a daughter with the mother. He grew when he'd come to see. She turned six and stopped, so we sued her for custody. True story. Recently happened. Pay attention to bad news when I'm rapping. R- rapping. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Boom goes dynamite. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I could spit another verse, but I'm not. not. Not right now, at the very least. So um, that's the like I said, that's the overflow segment. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Definitely tune in two more weeks. We'll have more dope verses. So now um, we're about to jump into the main topic for the night, the N word, uh, off a segment called "Words Never Die." Um, before I do that, before we start the segment, there's a song I wanted to play um, that I felt fit the topic. So I, I, I figured that it would be best if uh, we played it before we jump into this conversation. This song right here is called Y'all My Niggas. I'll catch y'all right after the jump. We use the word every day. Now, we don't know the capacity of the word. Are we headed for conflict or not? Yes, sir. Because we did not break down the capacity of a same word. Find a room to lock yourself in and close the door. It's some heavy concepts that we gotta explore. We gotta strip the word down, rugged and raw. The rhetoric of Martin King just ain't around no more. The Bowie ain't here, James Baldwin either. They all were leaders, but they ain't helped me get this horse two seater. A lawyer left the hood, he never looked back. To be a Fortune 500 CEO, it took rap. So what if my pants sag with my hat turned back? The same swag got our merchandise flying off the rack. Marketing companies is hiring black. Fresh hip hop lingo for your campaign ads. Controversies around. Who can say it and win? Some niggas are full time, some playing pretend. So fuck that. No apologies on the issue. If it offends you, it's meant to. It's that simple. I'm here, my niggas. Y'all give me life. Y'all give me life. 
thinking a little bit. What would it take to authenticate my niggerness? All ridiculous. 26 inches when I call up the dealership. I heard of some nigga shit. We only out for our own benefit. We having too many kids. We Claudines. Welfare recipients. The infamous free clinics is the sickest shit. Make me think what the hell they clean they syringes with. Everybody bleeding. The cops are the demons. Courtrooms full of goons. Jail buses leaning. Handcuffs squeezed too tight on you flight. If you fight, they just give in. People used to do sit-ins. They got Nigeria and Niger. Two different countries. Somehow Niger turned a nigga. And shit got ugly. The problem is we started thinking like the colonists to know what you are leaving started dropping that consciousness I'm here my nigga Neither was my neighbor when it came to getting paper. Who the hell was going to train us? Oppression couldn't escape us through the ages. We changed the basis of derogatory phrases. And I'd say it's quite amazing. The use of ghetto terms developed our own language. No matter where it came from, it's celebrated. Now people are mad if they ain't one. Every word we use is you don't understand the words you're using and understand the capacity of it, you are using words that just create an identity for you that you don't even know or even conscious of. Alright. Um it, it just repeated the chorus, but um definitely wanted to um Get those, get through uh, that track right there. That's the track, Y'all My Niggas by Nas, off the album, originally titled Nigger, but um, due to labels and, and all of that, um, that, didn't, that didn't really happen. Um, so it was just uh, left untitled. Uh, my bad, son. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're on, you're on music, so you can, you can talk. Um, All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in there. Yeah, I was, yeah, I, I, I was feeling the song. Like right when you played the song, it started raining out here, and, and it set the vibe. Like the the fireworks got less annoying. Yeah, everything was perfect. I, I should have turned on a black light or something. That was a hippie definitely. moment. I mean, definitely go cut that. The album itself is dope. It's, it's a fan. It's a phenomenal. Uh, it's a phenomenal album. Now it's had a. Uh, a um, little help from uh, Dead Prez, not as far as writing, but as far as shaping the song. So if you're a fan of Dead Prez, then you know you'll definitely you'll definitely enjoy this record. It's a it's a really dope record. Now, this is a conversation or uh, a debate, I should say, that's gone on for years. Um, I would say probably in the last thirty, especially, has been. It's been it's it's definitely come up a whole lot with the rise of, of hip hop culture and its use within uh hip hop culture. Um in the wake of the Paula Dean situation that, that happened a couple weeks ago, uh, for some reason the, the conversation has started to center on the fact that she said the word rather than what the actual lawsuit was about. And, you know, i I will I'll admit that even I got a little caught up in that when I first um, when when I first heard about it, because you know I'm still of the opinion that no white people should not say the word. But um, obviously the case, the the lawsuit that's being brought against her and her brother is larger than that. 
So I, I kind of saw, you know, different statuses and different people kind of uh, voice what they thought about it. And truthfully, it kind of wanted me to, it kind of inspired me to have, have you know, have this discussion, kind of bring it up to, to see um, where people's heads are at, to kind of see if we can create some new dialogue, maybe introduce some new ideas, maybe, you know, kind of, you know, inspire people to kind of think outside the box as far as the word, who can use it, and, and, all, of, and all of that. Um, so that's kind of what inspired the 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 idea to do to do this show. Um, so uh, hopefully we can have a really uh, phenomenal conversation, and um, we can uh, educate and 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 um, enlighten people. Um, but before before we really even uh, break it down or really go go into it, I got my man Father Teresa. He's going to break down the the history of the word. Yeah, B-R-E-F, brief, swift on the quick, fast here, a little history uh, uh, from the original term nigrum, that's N-I-G-R-U-M, nigrum, from Spanish and Portuguese, and then neger, N-E-G-E-R, and negar, N-E-G-A-R, and now you go and do a French pejorative, uh, Negre, yeah, some sort of flavor of wine over there. And uh, now, now this one catches on fire with the quick fast. What a feller calls himself, John Rolfe, in 1619. And he, imagine that they got the name John Rolfe, the year 1619. They they got a pretty good history on the word nigger, way better than the the people that today Paula Dean would call niggers. I'd, I'd like to have this much history on my bloodline. And uh, he went up there with them fellers in New York and Philadelphia and got the word caught on up there. And, of course, the Dutch, they got in on it because, hey, we know their style. We know about them from the apartheid story. Go back and check that in the archives. And uh, and they even named an African burial ground in New York, uh, Begrafplatz van de Neger. I did not pronounce that correctly, and it means the cemetery of the Negro. And now you slide up into the Christian slave trade, and they flip the spelling, and they spell it nigger, N-I-G-G-U-R, nigger. And it was used with Indians, Mexicans, Anglos, French, A. The whole lot of you is niggers, all right? You're not a a slave-owning, land-owning British man. You are some kind of nigger to me. Now, uh, on this here American soil, it uh, it went from Negro to Nigra, thanks to the South. So I and I always thought that Nigra was just some accentuation gone out of control, but ah, that was an actual word: N I G R A, just one G, Nigra. And uh, going into the mid 1900s, now you have descendants from the Christian slave trade using the term among each other, and. And then that that leads into this conversation happening here, and I should mention that um, I'm one of the folks that doesn't think nigga is different than nigger or nigga. You're just forcing the accentuation. Like we all know that people from different parts of the continent might drop the R's when they speak, and uh, and that one it just spilled over, and people just started using it on purpose. I think back to an old Richard Pryor record that uh, he called him he called the record "That Nigger's Crazy," and then you fast forward to 1987, and you have a rap group N.W.A. 
saying niggas with attitude, but they all have California accents and they're heavy on the R. So they're really just dropping the R for style. I, you even see it in the spelling, N-I-G-G-A-Z, N-I-G-G-A-S, and then E-Z-E went as far as to go N-I-G-G-U-H-Z, niggas. So, yeah, that's same word, just forcing accent across the board for fun. Wow. Yes. N I G G U H Z. And uh, I think a, a a quote to go into it with is um, old Paul Mooney there. Everybody wanna be a nigga, but nobody wanna be a nigga. What do you think, Brooks? Uh, that's true. Well, the, the quote is the quote you just mentioned. I feel like is true as far as white people are concerned. White people, as far as using the word, they use the word. They want to be down. They want to be cool. You know, they, they, they're down with they're down with it up until you know the other side that comes with being a nigga. I guess the black side. I guess if you will, you know, as soon as that happens, then then not then then not so much. And I feel like that's that the quote especially applies there. Um. Now, I use the word. I've used the word for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I, I I don't use it as often as I used to. And honestly, for a long time, I didn't I didn't really even use the word. It, use the word itself is it, mostly you know, in kind of in social settings, that the word really kind of comes out. And even now, for me. The word, the word only really comes out, you know, when I'm around friends. Um, like it's come out on, it's come out on on a song or two here or there. Um, usually, as you know, to be effective and whatnot. But um, you know, I I use the word, and I don't know. This is, this is I'm always kind of conflicted whenever you know I kind of have to have this conversation. Because, you know, on one hand, I understand, you know, the word's offensive. And even now, coming from the wrong mouth, the word is still offensive. And truth be told, even when it comes from someone that I consider a friend who's white, like, I don't, I don't care to hear them use the word at all. You know? I, like... As far as I'm concerned, white people can't say it. They shouldn't be able to say it. And I don't really care that people are upset or they say it's unfair. Because truth be told, life is unfair. Truth be told, America is unfair. I, you know, that's as far as I'm concerned, so what? People, people are upset. So what? That's that's kind of, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, you know. People people are free to say whatever they say whatever they like, you know. Words are not banned. They're not, you know, they don't go away. But, you know, people just want license to kind of say them without receiving without getting any any um um any any shade for it. And that's just that's not how stuff works, you know. That's not how it works. Yeah. 
Yeah, that like, word uh, seems. Oh my bad. Hey, go ahead. I think, uh, yeah, like with, with me, there are no, uh, it, 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 it's, it, there is a no. It, it might be here or there a little bit in the song. And I, if you check my old songs, my recordings between 2001 and 2007, I said it all the time, all the time. And now I'm getting older. I don't, I don't even know. I, like, I don't have any specific reason why I'm not saying it. I don't want to say I grew out of it like I became some ooh, mature person. Maybe maybe part of it's living in the South. That You know what? That's got to have something to do with it just because I'm not from the South and I live down here. And when you actually, when you, when you find yourself on that side of town for whatever reason, I had to go, um, I had to go to the cable company office. And you you end up in that side of town, and you see that Confederate flag, and they're waving it for real. This is you know, like this is in front of their house every day. This is not a reenactment day. This is how they party. And yeah, it's uh, and it's a little tough. But but as soon as you see it, you don't immediately think that. Just gradually over the years, you start saying nigga less, and you start avoiding mullets, and I don't know. And yeah, can't. Yeah, I I I don't I don't say it much, but in in old songs, it's it's all over the place. I I use it to fit rhymes together and connect syllable structures. Yeah, I, I used it a whole bunch, and then what? Um, I think it's really we we gotta turn it back on on, on the white dudes and just get them to answer this question. Not all the white dudes, clearly, but uh, the ones that that are so angry that they feel like they can't say it. Do you really want to say it? Just say it if you really got to. Scream it from the top of the mountain. You know, point your finger in my face. You nigger neck Father Teresa nigger with your nigger glasses on and your nigger podcast. Do it. Say it. I don't really give a hell. But, like, if you if you work for, like, a corporation and you're, like, the face of the company and the boss is like, whoa, this is toxic, people are not going to buy my product, that they might can you, you know, like something might come after that. Like me as a male, if I use the word bitch, that's I, I, hey, the bloggers might come after me. Shut the whole game down. Just get ready when you use the words. Yeah, but like what I, I just what I've never been able to completely understand is why do they want to say the word so bad, like. What is it within them that that completely that that completely makes them upset about not being able to say the word? And truthfully, I, I think I may have an answer to my own question just now. I I would say that whenever black people have something. For whatever reason, it gets demonized until white people try to appropriate it. And when they appropriate it, then it becomes theirs or it becomes, you know, part of the popular culture. And I think with this word in particular, this is something that they can't appropriate. They not only can't appropriate, they not only can't appropriate it because of its history, but they can't appropriate it because it doesn't even sound right coming from them. Like, regardless of of how uh, uh, of the context, more often than not, when the word is used historically by white people, it's never been as for in terms of endearment. 
And and I guess the kind of irony of of the irony of them wanting equality as far as being able to say the word, but these are the same folks that will deny equality or deny that things are, are unequal in other in other areas of life. You know? It's I, I feel like that that's part of the reason why why they why they, they want to. This is something that they can't appropriate. And they can't appropriate it because of, of his because of, of, of its history. And so because of that, that's partially why there's such a backlash to 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 blacks to blacks being able to say it. You know? Yeah, and and, and 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 you know what? Uh, you, you tapped into one one of my thoughts there that I always have. Uh, like if if I were to 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 say, okay, I have a personal individual reason why you Blair or Blaine or Brent or Todd or Tyler or whatever white dude you are that wants to say it's so bad, Taylor. Uh, you sound like a dork saying it. Like it's not natural. Like you said, it it only comes from hate for them. So like it it's sort of formed into your like general generic American white accent that it sounds ugly when you say it. Yeah, it's not my fault you don't sound cool like me when you say it. And that's just, you know luck of the draw. Yeah, it sounds horrible when they say it. Like you you ever hear a white dude say it trying to sound cool? What up, niggas? Like, did you sound terrible? <laughs> go away. Like, you can't sit at my cool lunch table. You go sit with the dorks over there with the chess club. You're whack. Yeah, no, 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 Blair. Don't just leave it alone. Yeah, um, like- I remember a, um, something from a Richard Pryor interview to move it along, like, um, it was uh, one of his exes, uh, she was being interviewed, and she said that she said it at a party one time real loud, and he took her outside and pointed up at the stars and said, which one's a nigga? That's interesting. Like, I never took anything from that. I just thought it was an ill quote. That's, uh, that, is, that, is kind of, that is kind of interesting. That, 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 is, that is kind of interesting. But, like... Um, like uh, Marilyn just said in the in the chat room just now, uh, it bothers them all the more because they can't have it. Exactly right. You know, the 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 more the more that white people try to rationalize, in this case, you know, they try to rationalize that you know we should all be able to say it or nobody should be able to say it. I mean. And the truth of the matter is, until I feel like here in America, until America, until America, until white people here in America, especially, can have an honest conversation on race and an honest conversation about its past, and, and collectively, all of us can work towards towards you know uh, defeating white supremacy, defeating patriarchy, because all these things are connected. And they're all connect. They're all connected to. They're they're all connected to um, this word and to, and to the many issues that we have in this country. Until until that day, nothing's going to be equal. And because nothing's going to be equal, you can't. You want, white people will never be able to say the word without with without um, without getting shaded for it or without stuff happens. And 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 the like. The 
side of it is that it's like white people want to be able to say the word, but they don't want to be able to abandon their own white privilege. You know, it's it's it's, it's like with any other type of appropriation. You know, they they want to get the best part without the burden that it took. You know, hip hop, for example. You know, uh, uh, Macklemore says it in a, in a, his song "White Privilege." How uh, you know white rappers got the best got the best deal? They got the music without the burden. You know, they didn't endure the struggle and all the hardships from which this music was created. They just they just got hey, we can make dope beats and we can do what they do. So they didn't have to endure any of that. And it's 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 kind of it's kind of the the same thing here, you know. Then they they don't have to worry about being called, you know, a word. The word doesn't mean anything to them. It, it them being called it has, has no bearing on them as a person or them as a race or as a culture. It has everything to do with us. Everything. Now, them being called it could be like that Chappelle sketch where uh. It was like, oh, he called us niggers. Awesome. That's about it. <laughs> right. And and and, and this kind of and I just, this just reminded me of that ridiculous um, kind of the panel that they had on CNN. I didn't watch this panel. I had no interest in watching this panel because honestly, the premise of it was ridiculous. You know, the word nigger versus cracker, which was which which is worse. I mean. There's no way, there's no way on this earth, if, there's no way on this earth you can convince me that cracker is on the same level or worse than the word nigga in any way, shape, or form. They don't even have the same history. Calling the white person a cracker doesn't even carry the same connotation as calling a black person a nigga. There, there's, white, white, you call a white person a cracker, they, they'll probably just look at you and be like, what? That's it. You know, it doesn't yeah, or it'll be any, one of the guys that uh, us saying it to them doesn't mean any. It doesn't mean anything to them. Them saying it to us, to us though, just all all that all that shit, all that because often when it says when it gets when it comes out, it's just a it's just a reminder that oh hey guess what we're putting you right back in your place. We we don't have to recognize you as a human because you're, I'm calling you a nigger. Because I, I realize that I can still remind you that that we still don't believe that you are fully human or fully equal in this country. That, you that's three all, fifths that's, of it. <laughs> very very excellent point. Very excellent point. Three fifths. But that's I'm almost that's, human. But that that's 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 the re- I mean that's the reality of it, you know? You know, they, they they more often than not, like even when they say it even when they say it in in in, in trying to be cool or hip or in, it doesn't it doesn't sound right. And even if they get it to sound right, you know, when some shit goes down in the in the minds of white people, they know that that is still the one word that they can say that they know will get under your skin if nothing else. If that is the one if that is the one word you can use to get under black people's skin. Because no other racial slur carries that connotation. Call someone a tar baby nowadays, 
it'll you know they'll get pissed off at it. It doesn't carry the same connotation as niggas. Call some you know call someone the jigaboo doesn't doesn't carry the same weight as as nigger does. It doesn't. You know you know what number two is. You know what the silver medal is though is I I think it's boy. I think boy with a nice with a nice syrupy Alabama accent that that's it's pretty darn close. It, it it almost made it behind nigga but stubbed its toe. Yep. I can I can I can definitely I can definitely definitely um agree with that. Now, I want to address I want to address um something else. Now, I I had a poll that I that I did on my Facebook uh yesterday. Uh, a couple of you probably either participated or I'm sure you at least saw it and liked either my status or a comment that someone else posted on it. On it, I basically wanted people to identify themselves so I can kind of get an idea of that person's racial or ethnic background. And then I asked them, you know, hey, do you use it? You know, should white people say it? Should anyone say it? You know, do you consider context? Do you agree that there's a difference between nigger and nigga? And then one I kind of tallied on at the end, um, do, do, do you think that there's a difference between niggas and black people? Because that's um, that's something that I always see kind of come up when I see black people using the term using the term in a in a in a negative light. Now, here's one thing I found interesting from a lot of the responses. Um, a lot of the responses that that that, uh, that I got. Now it's important to note here that everyone that who responded is not American. So everyone, everyone, everyone's responses are not based on the fact that they're living here. Some people are living overseas um, in different parts of the world. So I, I have to make that note. And and also some people were not born here and eventually came here. So. It's not so much so so that's something else you have, kind of have to take in, you have to take into account when you're talking about people's perspectives and why they may think of stuff the way they do. For example, my uh, my homie who lives over in uh, I can't remember. I think um, he's somewhere. He's in the Middle East. I can't remember offhand um, where he lives at. I mean, he uses it, and I see him use it all the time. I definitely see him use it all the time. But he said something that was, well, that was in line with a lot of the other white, that was in line with uh, some of the white people who responded here, which is that it's just a word. And I know it has a dark history, but it's just a word, and we shouldn't treat it differently based on who's saying now, part of the reason I wanted to do this segment and why I want, in, in general, I wanted to do this Words Never Die series on the importance of language is because, you know, I'm of the opinion that words do matter. Words do matter. They hold weight. They, they are powerful. They, they can trigger emotion. They can trigger different feelings. Regardless of how you may feel about these words, they, they, they do matter. And people always say that they're just words until they get until someone uses words to call them call them something. In which case, it's not just a word then. 
Exactly. That's exactly, Marilyn. It's just a word to them. People who people who have never been called the term, or people who have never had to worry, who are privileged enough to not ever have uh, have to be affected uh, by the term. Of course, it's easy, of course, of course, it's easy to say it's just a word. It's just a word to you because it's not it's not something that that's ever been that's, that's ever been used against you. You know. And like Father Teresa said, yeah, you can you can say the word all you like. You just gonna, you're just gonna have to deal with the with what happens afterwards. Yeah, you you might you know, lose your job. You might lose your you might lose your friends. People might not want to hang out with you anymore because now you're just you're questionable. I think the reason why they're questionable is because it, it um. It it, uh, it 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 kind of kills off a false thing that a lot of people say with the post-racial society. And I mean, you notice that every every six months, somebody from the South has to stand up and give that speech. We ain't just a bunch of racists because of this isolated incident, really. And 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 how come I keep having to hear this speech over and over again? Because how come every time I turn on the, the the idiot box here, I see an idiot on it that said. Well, slavery was good for him because it gave him Jesus. Or I even go to the so-called liberal or progressive podcast, and they say, well, yeah, it's sad that all those slaves died, but at least they, they died with Jesus, so that that was a good thing for him that came from it. Yeah. Or you got, who was that, Um, uh, uh, folks like you, you saw what uh, OG gangster killer Zimmerman, what his father wrote about those blacks. Or uh, this uh, yeah. racial entitlement with voting, or uh, who was that? Right. That um, oh, yeah. law lawmaker out in Arizona recently that said uh, the blacks and Hispanics ah they're prone to violence. I thought everybody knew that. Common knowledge, like the, all these things exist. So when you say nigger, while all those people exist. Folks might not want to hang around you no more. You just might lose all your friends, Jethro, because you had to say <laughs> it so bad. Right. And it's not working. Right. You know it's um you know what's interesting? It's um what what I what I find to be oh well before I, I carry on, we do we have thirty minutes left. Uh like feel free to call in if you wanna, you know, participate. And it's not just me and William talking here. Three one oh nine eight two forty two seventy three to get through, we'll get you in. Um but, um, like I said, <laughs> it's just a word to them, and 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 it, it's it's just it's interesting how many people. It, it was just interesting the response the the responses that I got from my poll, you know, where I I I kept getting that it's just a it's just a word, and and whatnot, and a lot of people like to kind of wrap. Well, one of the things they like to reference um, was a song by my homie Graydon Square, who posted a song called N-Word. He had a song called N-Word, which is on his uh, second album, The Compton Effect, um, and which highlights another another point that people like to kind of uh, to bring up, which is um, that there is some sort of difference between niggas and black people. And and truth be told that was my that was my that was the issue I had with the song, which is that I felt like it's divisive. You know, I don't feel like I don't feel like 
like I feel like it's it's not really right to characterize certain behaviors that you dislike as nigga act as niggas versus oh black people act like this. Because truth be told, that's white. I feel like that's white supremacist thinking right there. You know, you're trying to divide people up. You know, people, you're, you're, you're almost, almost like you're saying that black people who enjoy this are not allowed to be black. They have to be niggers. As in, they have to be lesser than you or, or they're not worthy of being on the same level as you because of that. And that's part of hey, the you know what? strong... Let me add into what you're saying and get back to it. Um, can, can we call that racheling when black people do that to other black people and just try to call them niggers? I know, let's, let's call that racheling or jantelling. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I mean that 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 already kind of um, pissed me off to, to be to be completely completely honest. But I ranted about that earlier. Um, hold on, we've got. Hello, BFT uh, radio host, I guess, if you will. Raina is on the line. Raina? Who? Hello? You on there? Uh, you on there? Oh, sorry, uh-huh. I had actually muted me. Oh, crap. <laughs> All right, you're oh, on the microphone. Oh, you threw the microphone down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's how hey, you feel. I gave you a, okay. Hey, I gave you a window. You didn't jump through in time. It's not my fault that you got the glass. Okay. Ugh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, apparently getting on your show is like double dutch. But <laughs> anyway, um, it's all about timing. But in any case, I was you, just gonna say, um, you know, William, you are so right to bring up Rachel Gentile and. Um, and I guess, you know, this is something that I've I've had to, you know, check myself on too, like using the word. And I admit that I use it from time to time. I try not to, and I especially try not to do so consciously, although sometimes you do get into social settings where, you know, where it is used sort of, you know, jokingly or, or what have you. But I don't – I really have gotten to a point where I don't call people that just based on a particular behavior. Although um although I do have to admit <laughs> the one time I got robbed <laughs> that oh. was the first thing that flew out of my mouth. <laughs> but but I will say that it wouldn't have mattered what color that person was because at that moment <laughs> that's what they were. But you know, I think we have to understand that the history of this word is really about dehumanizing a class of people. And so Right. And like you were saying is, you know, earlier is that, you know, um, you know, why do they want to use it? Because they want to be able to get away with using words to demean other people, essentially. And they don't want the right. responsibility and they don't want people to, you know, chastise them or, you know, uh, or, or, you know, tell them that they're wrong for using it. That's why they want it so bad. That's why they keep bringing up, well, Little Wayne uses it. Well, who gives a fuck what Little Wayne said? When did he become Winston Churchill? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, Little Wayne is not black like 
that we're right. like, <laughs> when did he become Noam Chomsky? That we're we're listening to Little Wayne and getting our our cues about where language and shit comes from. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. I could get I could go on Little Wayne all day about the reprehensible shit that he says and well, why he course. shouldn't be saying it. But, that's a whole you know, other show. That's a whole other show. Whole other show. <laughs> but that nothing that he says justifies Paula Dean calling people niggers, but especially not calling people niggers and talking about how she wants to dress them up in little in little uh, shorts and, and shirts and bow ties like we back on the right. plantation. You know what I mean? Right. Like she, that shit bothered me more than her use of the word nigger. Right. right, like that bothered me much more than than the than the East of the world nigga. First of all, Paula Dean, you are I'm not Miss Scarlet. Wait, wait, wait! You are not Miss Scarlet, and this is not Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it is 2013, okay? And you need to act accordingly. Like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? This is not the right. cute. This is not the South. It is not the old South. It is no longer cute. To refer to black people in that way and acting like, oh, it's just so cute to have a little piccadilly, you know, singing when you come in the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. That shit ain't cute. You know what I mean? And I'm sorry, you know, I, I watched, I don't know if you guys watched her little interview on Matt Lauer, but it was just I, like, yeah, disingenuous. This is genuine to me. It was, I mean, she, and then to throw in, I is what I is. I was like, did this? Just say, I was like, no, I, I was like, I, I, was, I, I don't know. I felt it like, I felt like it was low key shade, and I'm glad other people picked up on it because it is low key yep. shade. How do you want to throw slave speak in the middle of your apology, right? And have it mean something? She she didn't even say her apology here. itself. Her apology even came off insincere. That that shit was yeah. it, like it was like her PR wrote that for him. Was like, yeah, just. Just kind of read that off real quick, you know. Like mm-hmm. she didn't even sound sincere, you know. I think I, even if it wasn't scripted, she didn't sound like she felt what she was saying. She was just kind of like, "Eh, I'm sorry for saying it. Uh, hopefully right. you forgive me, you know. Maybe, you know, right. it'd be great." I hope that all the people heart. who who endorse me with all kinds of, of money, paper dollars, forgive me and keep me in your stars. And my home I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny because after reading Sakibu's book, Godless Americana, looking at that whole situation is just interesting for interesting from so many different angles. You know what I mean? Because she even threw in the good Christian bit. You know what I mean? She even pulled out the old, the the good Christian identity card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Well, yeah, like, everyone, everyone, everyone always conveniently finds Jesus when they when when they find them when the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. They conveniently yeah. find Jesus then. All right, you know, you know who who you know who um you know cast you know who let he who is without sin cast the first stone. You know what I mean? You know, Get the hell out of here. There's actually a gif of uh, a giant rock falling on her after she says that. It's pretty pretty, pretty funny, actually. Oh, I saw that. I think it's on YouTube. You see some But then at the same time, that, 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 but then I got to wonder, is that like a, you know, that's kind of like a, a vicious biblical violence against women sort of deal there. You're bashing her with a rock. I, I wouldn't bash it with a rock. Just take her to court. 
Which they're already doing. <laughs> somebody, right, somebody already did that, thankfully. But, um, but yeah, and I mean, somebody whole, white that at whole, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Another and somebody, thing and somebody else pointed, pointed out, yeah, some people pointed, somebody pointed out, like, you know, there's, that is, it's interesting that it, that all of these racial allegations were brought up against by a white person, and it kind of, and to a certain extent, you kind of wonder if it, the person had been black, would we even be talking about this? Because I believe that had the person been black, we probably wouldn't be talking about this because there probably wouldn't be many lawyers willing to touch that kind of a case. And right. if it was a black person bringing those allegations against Paula Dean. And I think right. the, I think the only reason this has gotten traction is because it's a white because it's a white person. So. I agree, and you know someone someone I just brought up a, a point in the chat that I totally totally oh yeah um, that I totally I uh, forgot about the fact that you know the unappointed black leaders of today, aka Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, conveniently ran to her defense. You know, in the in the days after, did you, did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about it. I mean, first of all, I pretty much don't pay attention to anything that Jesse or Al does personally, and I can't even stand Al Sharpton on MSNBC because I feel like he's always yelling at me. Like I just feel like <laughs> he needs to turn his voice down like twenty decibels. Before I can even listen to him. Like, even when he's just talking calm, it sounds like he's yelling at you. And it's like, I don't understand what I did, but I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. pathetic. Yeah. Nice was try, the but Meek we got gotcha. Yeah. He's the, ori- he's the original Meek Mill. <laughs> no inside voice. He's the original Stephen A. Smith. No inside voice. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, was, there used to be, wasn't there like a, a mad TV skit like years ago or with like the guy who could modulate the sound of his voice or something? I don't know. There was some kind of like television skit where the guy couldn't. He was like, I talk like this because I can't modulate the sound of my voice. <laughs> something stupid like that. It was really stupid. <laughs> but, that's but, a, yeah, that's, any, that's any, funny. <laughs> but in any case, no, um, I don't pay attention to anything that Al Sharpton does. And, you know, I mean, I don't know I don't know what anybody's personal relationships are. I don't know. For all I know, you know, Jesse and Al got stock in her restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what their motivations are. And I personally don't even really care because they don't speak for me. You know what I mean? And honestly, I don't really care what happens to Paula Dean at this point. I hope that this, this, this case has its day in court. And whatever happens, happens. The evidence will be heard. In the long run, it has very little effect on my life. It's not like I was buying Paula Deen stuff before, and I won't be buying Paula Deen stuff now. In fact, everything right. that Paula Deen does, in fact, disgusts me because it's so covered in butter. Like, yeah. I like butter, but I don't like butter that much. You know? It's pretty and gross. You know what? What I think the most interesting conversation that could come from this is um, the relevance of independent media and uh, and how that's growing and that you can connect directly to your fans that way. That's how I keep looking at her and I'm thinking, why don't she just open up her own studio and just get, get a website and just go directly to her fans with her program? 
Like she could she could do that herself without all the the fancy stations. Like there's plenty of people doing huh? that, and she has a following that will subscribe. Well, she's trying to clean up her public image right now because everybody who has any involvement with her in any business sense is basically dropping her at this point. Everyone oh my from Walmart, God. QVC, Target, they're all dropping her at this point. So she's essentially trying to save face and, and trying to protect herself in the public. And as you can see you in the beginning... she's never going to die? She's so old, it doesn't matter. Like, she, what, does she have like two and a half decades left, maybe, with all that butter? Like... Wow. You don't. You don't. Does Does she need wow. to go out as an on top celebrity? She doesn't like that. That that obsession with celebrity. Yeah, that, I, mean, really, I mean, really, like if Paula Dean, like Paula Dean was on TV making like she was gonna be homeless tomorrow because everybody right. was demonizing her and she loses so much weight. I'm sorry, I'm not shedding tears for you, ma'am. Like if you lose, if you lost every single one of your endorsements, which you pretty much have. You know what I mean? You still have restaurants. You still have you have cruises. People are, you know, flocking to her Paula Dean cruise. Like, first of all, who does cruises yeah. anymore? Second of all, who wants to do a cruise? Like, how can you do anything else on a cruise if you're eating rich food loaded with butter? All you want to do is sleep. Yeah. If I'm going to do nothing but sleep, I can stay home. Exactly. You know what I mean? Save yourself this 800 bucks. Stay at home. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah, you, and you know, you ain't got, and you ain't got, you ain't got to pay for all that expensive ass food that's, you know, uh, covered it's in country clog your products. arteries and shorten your lifespan. Right. right. <laughs> like, damn, honey, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a live ten years less now. Whew, we ate good. You're right. You know, I'm, I made I a really post that my beef with her. I, I just I don't like that I have to know she exists now because that that's just like with Dom Imus and all these other characters I didn't know they exist until they started saying silly things with their microphones like just if they just shut up I I wouldn't have to be exposed to them like all I knew about her was a silly meme picture I saw from like an LGBT page and it just said um anal sex needs more butter. And I thought that was funny, and I posted that. But other than that, I don't know about the television program or any of that stuff. Just, just you know that meme. Other thing, but you know what the other thing is, though, that kind of bothers me about this whole situation? is like all of these people are flocking to her defense. And it's like when you think about all of these other sort of, you know, uh, major sort of events like this where people have misspoken or said or, or said something egregious, you know what I mean? No one generally gets this sort of response. You know what I mean? But Paula Dean, for some reason, people are like, oh, the media is attacking her. It's like, how did they attack her? They literally were reading her deposition. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't putting words in her mouth. They were re- literally reading her deposition. So for, for me, part of it also makes me wonder if, you know, it's more to it than, you know, she them feeling she's been attacked or them feeling that she apologized and should be, you know, you know, forgiven, that, you know, that saying the word is somehow okay. You know what I mean? That they're saying it's okay, you know, that it's not a big right. deal. But all of these other cases have been. Like when Kanye was talking about President Bush doesn't care about black people. Well, that also happens to be true, but 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they they went hard on Kanye. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Right. Yeah, and I they noticed that the white did. supremacy at work, like how they immediately tried to rewrite history on it. Like what I saw was um, – because I, I, I didn't see the I, – I just saw the story, and I was like, oh, making them use, uh, what, separate bathrooms there? Uh, Light-skinned blacks get to work closer to the front, dark-skinned blacks in the back. Uh, ooh, once a slave-themed wedding and a Sambo burger. Yeah, this is all very goofy stuff. And I didn't get outraged and go outraging. I mean, I, I saw – I read some other people making, um like, the funny Twitter post with the hashtag of the Pauler Dean there with, you know, different food names. But who was really outraged? And then you see they go back and they, they just lie. They just – they took out all those things and all these pages that you see with thousands of folks following them in favor of uh, – her being a victim of whatever it's all about it's just the word said a word 20 years ago and uh and then they put a picture of kanye west says it every other word in his life and they make him the king of rap and he's not even like the prince of rap and like they just rewrite but, the history but, um, but you know what's well, uh, the other thing i was going to say hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on let me make my point real quick <laughs> um <laughs> I was what I was gonna say is from a PR perspective, this is smart to keep the focus on the N word. To keep the focus on niggas. It's a smart move from a PR perspective because it takes yeah. because people aren't focused on the deposition or the lawsuit. It's smart. Right. I feel like that's part of the, that's part of the reason that they're going so hard on the on on the fact that she said it, and it, and and to a degree they're trying to keep the focus there because it it, it, yeah. it people are still not educated on the fact of this whole thing is not about the fact she said nigger. That's I mean that's right. the problem. Yes, yeah, that's not that's not that's not what the the issue is. Right. Right. I mean, and and I think the other thing that you know people have missed is that you know Paula Dean is not she is. She's not a an isolated case because when you think about the restaurant industry, it is a you know a racially segregated industry. It does have race problems. A lot of the a lot of people of color are in the back of the house. You know what I mean, and are not given jobs where they're highly visible, particularly in the in the more high end restaurants. You know, and there and there have been and there have been several. You know, people who've talked about how difficult it is to actually become, um, you know, a top chef or a, or, or you know, to be in charge of a restaurant, you know, as a person of color in the culinary industry, is very difficult for you to rise. I mean, it's difficult to rise anyway, but it's difficult to rise yeah. as a person of color. So, I mean, that 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 whole that part of the story, I think, is an interesting part of the story that no one is really discussing. You know, very, very true. But they, again, like I said, that they the focus the focus for whatever reason is being kept on this thing that she said and making that the only issue. Which I feel like to some degree helps, even though you know her, you know everyone is still dropping her. And she's and she's losing um, her, her image is becoming negative, I guess, in the public eye. But yeah. it, 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 so long as they keep the focus on on this, like 
all the damage that should be done probably won't get done. At least not until, you know, um, they go to court. And mm-hmm. until we find out whatever the verdict is. I mean, I don't even understand why she let it go to go. I mean, honestly, from a PR perspective, she should have just settled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then no one will be talking about any of this. You know? But... She yeah, and now she's just day by day. She's making herself more hilarious. Like I already heard on um, I, I love listening to the Jimmy Dore comedy show, and they got somebody doing an impression of her. Like, like yeah, she she's going out as a joke. Just, just yeah, I mean, so hungry to hold on had fame. a couple of really funny skits on her. Like they did the um, she had one. There was one where it was like, "Hi, I'm Paula Dean, and I'm gonna cook you know the I'm sorry cake." And I found it on the back of this bill of sale for a human being. You know what I mean? Like, while I was cleaning out my, while I was cleaning out my attic, you know, <laughs> you know, and it was like it was really, it was really hilarious. I, I suggest you go look it up. But yeah. it's co- what, what was that? College fever. College humor. College humor. Humor. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm d- definitely um, gonna have to um, look that up. But um okay we're in, we're we're getting into the last uh 7 minutes of the show and I know Father Teresa had a, a pretty dope little monologue that he wanted to read on air as we got towards the end of the show so Rand if you don't mind I'm going to put you on mute No I was just going to say thanks for having me bye No problem okay so um we're in like I said we're in the last uh okay we're under 7 minutes now uh, to the end of the show. Um had a pretty wonderful conversation so far. But now my man, Father Teresa, has a monologue that he's going to share. So uh, go ahead and start uh, whenever you're ready. Man, that's, um, and that's Roads to Reality that you should go read. R-O-H-A-D-E-S to Reality. Go read that. That's who you yeah. just heard there, Rainer, that writes on Roads to Reality. Go read that, yeah, Feed I, I Your Brain. Yeah, I can definitely go post. I'll go post that link in the chat. Yeah, yeah, and in the uh, right in now. the social networks too. I, I know you're you're one of them Twitter fires. <laughs> All right, gang. Now, and in, uh, in 1988, my biological mother moved my sister and I with her out into Spanaway, a small town in Washington at the time. That's where I'm. Um, about three years there, uh, sporadically, off and on here and there, get physically attacked and called nigger until the uh, Mexicans came up from California. They migrated up there, and they ran the skinheads and the rednecks out of town very quickly, and that changed. So my earliest association with the word nigger is being harmed by supremacist males of European descent. This is why I am not your straw man of offended when you say the word. The definition of offended is you call, cause one to feel upset, annoyed or resentful, or upset. Now, uh, upset, uh, if you don't merge in time and you cut me off in the intersection, I'm upset. Annoyed, if you can't get your money situation together fast enough in line at the grocery store, then I'm annoyed and resentful. If you take the DVD out of the DVD player and place it on top of the player instead of in the case, then I'll be resentful. So no, I'm not offended because none of these things happen. 
when you say nigger. And as it has been mentioned in the conversation, you sound weird saying it. Aside from you sounding weird, you've just made our interaction awkward. You are now a strange person. And if I were to associate with some white kid maybe behind the counter at the gas station and uh, heard him saying it, well, with my earliest experience with the word, my reaction would be fear. But I'm far past 1988, and I'm well aware of the smooth transitions and how Christian white supremacist behavior is carried out. Like how that cook, Pollard Dean, how she got in trouble and is actually being sued by another person of European descent. I love how that part of the story is left out. And uh, Well, she's just doing it wrong. You see, right now, saying nigger is not how you flex your privilege and supremacy on me in 2013. The way you do it is you say welfare queen, all right? You make the first black president show you his birth certificate because you said so. You lobby to keep the phony war on drugs and privatize the schools and then pipeline them to the privatized prisons. That's how you do it. You blame Trayvon Martin for wearing a hooded sweatshirt in front of a predominantly white Confederate jury and reminding them that he said creepy-ass cracker as many times as possible while reenacting the color purple on his last friend to interact with him alive. That's how you do it. You don't say nigger. You do these things. All right, then your offspring, they posted on the Twitters that you defeated stupid today, or maybe you put an asterisk by the names of accomplished black athletes that may have used steroids, but not white athletes that never had to face black opponents. That's how you do it. Better yet, me individually, call me a Mexican immigrant and deny me my right to vote in the state of Florida in 2004 and make me wait until 2008 to actually even get a Florida ID card. That's how you do it. And then when I go vote, gerrymander my district because you don't like that I went to vote. And then cut the early voting days and then test me out to see if I'll stand in a marathon Rick Scott manufactured line in the Florida heat into the evening when the mosquitoes are coming out. And then tell me that my right to vote is a racial entitlement and repeal a wake-up call out of Dr. King's dream. Just shake them up there. That's how you do it. So if you call me a nigger today, well, my only response is, uh, that's so 1960s. Can you, like, get with the times or something? And the next one will be about elitism in the intellectual community. And that'll be... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello, brother. Wait, wait, wait. Before, before we even get into that, we got to give Brother brother Father Teresa right here a hand for that joint. That was dope. <laughs> uh, he, he read that joint for me, like, probably about a couple minutes before we went on air. And my jaw kind of dropped. I was like, my jaw kind of dropped because I was like, wow, wow, that was dope. And then dropped the mic and walked away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is partially why I wanted him to uh, say it as we got towards the uh, the end of the show. That monologue was uh, was definitely, definitely dope. <clears throat> um, but as Father Teresa said, our next show in two weeks' time is going to be on elitism in the intellectual community, that should that should be a pretty fun show. And um, it, if you've been listening to this, then we'll, we'll definitely try to tie it in as far as communication is concerned, and that will be something that definitely comes up. Um, make sure you listen in 
to uh, Mario and Emmeline's show, which is this Friday. Uh, what was that? What was the topic for that again? Uh, FC. Oh, oh well, I know. Um, it, it's going to be um, it, um, Emmeline is going to be doing battle. She'll be oh, pulling out right. the verbal a, sword. That's right. She has a battle this this coming Friday. So make we'll get the link out to you. Make sure you go and uh, listen to that. And then Sunday, Kim's show is what was Kim's show again? Yowza. Well, either way. Let me tell you something about Kim's show. Well, it's called Black Free Thinkers. Well, we have five seconds left. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll definitely uh, catch you guys in two weeks. Peace. All right. God bless you all. Wait, who? Okay. Oh, it, 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 oh! If, we're, if you're still talking on the line, it's going into iTunes. You can go into oh, overtime. Oh, you, you, no, 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 no. you, you wanted all. to kick a rhyme, didn't you? <laughs> I'm already, I'm already in over, I'm already in overtime. Um, you might, as well, I mean, go ahead and do Kim's show. I probably will kick a rhyme real quick. You know, <laughs> right? Give, give, give the iTunes guys, you know, give them, give them something to uh, to look forward to. You know. Kind of, like, it's kind of like getting bonus tracks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bonus, you know, they're going to get bonus tracks, bonus verses, you know, uh, this time around. That was a pretty fun show. Let's see. Yeah, what get the... Sit down and shoot the shit for a second. Oh, you're, you're really about to rock a verse? Yeah, just real quick. One, just one, one joint real quick. You know, I guess, uh, where is, uh, oh, here it is. Okay, yeah, it's just the two of us now. Um, let's see. Let me see what I got here. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Uh, let's see. I'm always, I'm always conflicted when it comes to this kind of this kind of stuff. I know I have something. It's just a matter of uh, finding it. All right. While you, while you dig one up, I'm going to go. Um, th this is on my 90s kid project. This is the first verse from one that I'm probably going to title Where the Blackberries Grow. I might title it that. And I'm going to do it over the SWV Human Nature Instrumental. And this is the first verse. I said, um... 1993's the number, another summer, mother in the hospital, not getting younger, top of the school year, a bottomless hunger, and brought to the graveyard and dropped in the slumber, so what's to become of the how, cause now, on New Year's Eve, our house burned down, oh yes, I see what makes life worse, new mom, new dad, put the bass pipe first, they're drunk every night with some scary white chicken, two creepy old men stuck with their eyes lit, jump, get the knife, Quick, oh shit, don't trip, little cuz, there's blood on the light switch. Mother, I miss you, I can't make sense of my father and his new crackhead bitch. Don't ask me why, but to the family of Jaquita Mitchell and Neva, I'm glad she died. That's the first that verse. Drops the mic. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, each one I started out with a year, 1993, 1998, and 2001. You know what they kinda you know what they kinda reminds me of? They kinda reminds me of um um the that verse in running. It's you know, um 
I forget which which dude from the far side it was, and he's like, it's 1995. And then he starts uh, going into it. That's where I got and, that from. I, I think I think I originally heard it. I think it was Public Enemy, where they were like, something's the number, another summer. Wait, whoever said, damn, you know what? That is such an old school rhyme. I don't know who originated it. It might go before um, Chuck D. I don't know how old it is. Probably so. Probably so. Always, always trying. Always, yeah. Always, always trying to um, forget that. Let me see. Uh, this is a good thing about podcasting. You know, I'm in no rush. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm up late now. Like hell, it's it's. 10 p.m. I'm like hell with it. It's it's gonna be tough to get up in the morning. I don't. You know what? It won't be tough to get up in the morning. I always think that it's like no, it's not. You just get up. It's not nearly as hard as we pretend it is. As long as you do your stretches, you're all right. Stay hydrated. You live in the first world. First world problems are which bottled water do I want to get? Uh, yeah. <laughs> True shit. Okay, well, I, found one. I don't think I've ever kicked. It. I've never, I've never used this verse for anything. So, um, yeah, kick it. Individuality is a new conformity. Some rappers would probably hear that, and they want to go to war with me over the fact they don't do it from the heart. Lost sight of the fact that music is an art. Doesn't matter if you're from the burbs or the streets. The point is to stay true with your words over the beat. Too many people don't know how to be themselves. Dictionary definition of what it's like to be in hell. Seeing shells grip of mics like the last one before them is fitted tight, but he liked the passion. Too many rappers saying they got heat copped and too many rappers trying hard to be pop. I say that you weren't born a clone, so you shouldn't be a clone when gripping the microphone. Just be yourself, whatever you were born as, and be the best at it. Don't sell out just for cash. Uh, that's that spitting. That's when you're just nice on purpose. When you're just showing off. That's why you didn't use it for anything. You were like, ah, I don't need to slice niggas' heads off today. See, I just used it. I just said the N word. <laughs> so I tuned oh, right I... there. <laughs> so no, good right, I... I like this is the podcast. I don't, I don't get. I don't give a fuck now. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Sorry, I try to be professional on the show, but I, I, don't, I fuck it. It's a podcast. Ain't no rules. Fuck it. Uh, you want to hear some shit that I wrote, like, before I knew about, like, feminism or anything like that, and I was just writing? Uh, sure. Like, just, oh, man. Okay, it gets it gets kind of gross, all right? Like, like, the shit that I say, now, I was 20 years old, remember, I didn't, and it's not like I was against the, st- like, whatever, feminist, this, that, and the other. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I didn't know what they said. I didn't know any other writings or teaching or anything. All right, so I come out the hook. I'm figure skating. I carve lyrical shapes at a multi-syllable rate. Figure skating. I'm figure skating. I make the perfect figure rate. Figure two, five, three's going to pop, so don't hate. Whoa. God damn it, how come I can't remember my own verse? I'm going to fucking, yep, see, I like this not being in a hurry podcasting. I'm going to open up my Windows Media Player. Dude, dude, do this just just how we want to. This lot, 
for the iTunes folks, you, you'll get yep. to hear my filthy verse. Figure I've had this line in my head for the longest. At this rapper Apathy, like he has this, he has this, he has this line, and I, I, I swear I say this shit in my head at least, at least once a day. He was like, he's like a rob you with a stocking mask. You up with the dope? Come on, you gotta ask. You good with the guns? Good with the funds? Whether the shit will get done, the video body will metal get rid of the evidence for the detectives come. And ever since I heard him say it, just as I said it. He spent double time over, like, a fast-paced beat. I was like, whoa, hold up, whoa. Shit, that that makes me want to hear you write a verse like that. The fact that I I can hear you deliver it. The thing is, like, shit like that's hard. Like, stuff like that's hard. Like, it's hard. Like, I mean, I did do do double time on a, a track that I'm doing, um, I'm doing with my boy Gats and uh, his and this boy. Um, I can't even think of his name right now. I did spend double time on it, and truthfully, this track is on some cliche mainstream rap stuff. But I don't care. Like, <laughs> it goes um, shot glass the size of a golf ball. Got me sitting sideways like Paul Wall. For this payday, I'm sending shots like an AK. Ladies want to kick it like Pele. I'm Street Jones and like Day Day. I'm like, hey, now, let's get it in. Thick thighs and skin tone, send them in. I'm chilling, but I'm trying to get in the mint. Worthy, she serves like Ben again. Today, nothing new. It's like Deja Vu. I'm dropping stack because I'm making two. Be a PC3 because I'm bringing two. Or the four shots because I'm a drink for two. This is how we do. Not MJ. You're going to learn today like a sensei or Kevin Hart. But if I play my part, stroking on me like Ben Gay. Hey. Lifestyles of the young and reckless. Check another off the checklist, cause this young is never checklist. Stacks dropping like a block in Tetris on the necklace or a Lexus that we hopping in to make an exit. I says it, I does it. Life on parade like May Day. Direct deposit to the wallet. Every day is payday. Oh, that's fun. That's that fun hop. That's some. Yeah, that's that's some everybody can enjoy. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. yo, the move over is my decision, but you hoes want the right religion that's too close to your trife opinions, and you know that it's quite convincing when loose hoes with the life of tricking claim they've changed and now have new goals for the righteous women. It's all about the image. It's a new pose that is nice to vision, and who knows why I don't believe them. Their whole deceiving role is reaching our generation, making growth decrease at the worst of the rates. At first I debated the burglarization of culture over words that I stated. Snatch a holy rosary, rape a virgin, and break it. Crack a burn, I taste it, roll up the purple, I'm faded. The dirty arrangement from a diary of passion. Testimony of scriptures of fire breathing dragons. Demons and dead people, they bleed in the next sequel. So it's me by myself, the preacher that's just evil. That's just filth. Damn. Just, just muck and grime. That was dope. That reminds me, uh, I, got, I just pulled up another joint because I got another. I got another old joint that I got right here. I did it. Um, do you remember there was a Grand Theft Auto commercial that came out like a while back? Um, I want to say in like 2005. I want to say it was a really popular commercial and it had this really dope hip hop beat behind it. Um, so I wrote a, I found I found out what it was and I wrote a verse to it. <clears throat> Goes. We all march to the beat of the same drum. Want real MCs, but 
celebrate the lame ones, trying to take the game back the way it came from, break these turntables. Nowadays, this ain't fun, because we ain't one as a people. With their injecting to your mind, it's lethal. How are we going to be equal when the music isn't? I guess that's how shit works in the music business. Take the abuse and the sexual safari, put it on the pedestal and make it a hobby. Of my dignity, I won't let them rob me. Why you let them is more puzzling than Yachty. You almost have forgotten that money isn't everything. If anything, it causes the downfall of everything. So think hard about what it is you're cherishing, because dollars have caused more bloodshed than heresy. But it's true you have to give some to get some, but would you sacrifice your people to win one? Spend some, spend more. Don't give up, get more. If you ain't in it for the love, what the fuck you got to pen for? To win wars, win awards, either way, money is at the root of it all. Yo, they say that we need God, we need more religion. Ironically, slavery is the common tradition. Cause people to put up the side, cause that almighty dollar is in place of God. Mmm. This guy's dropping gems. You're saying much more intelligent things than I am saying in my rhymes. Uh, you remember, uh, remember when uh, in 2002 when Jay Z and Rakim and Dr. J dropped the Watcher too? Yep. On the yeah, on the blueprint too. Yeah, me and yeah, all the homeboys that I ran with at that time, we we were such fans of that verse. Almost all of us wrote our own version of it, and I I, I did mine, where I came off. Where I came off, yo, 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 yo. Things just ain't the same for hustlers, but Kane don't budge. I remain with clusters, claiming thunder with pains above you, with your brain on drugs like I flamed and puffed you. I came to rearrange the structure. No criminal, no gangster, thugster. Flow cynical, so vain and vicious. Cold with the flow, no games enlisted. This is my eviction list. Evilistic slid and I shifted clicks and I'll give you the biz if you're interested. Nothing to hide but backpacks. I'm hitting licks. Don't know if a mathematic or intricate. Don't know if you're asthmatic, so hit the spliff. Don't know if you're seen or you witnessed it. Don't know if I'm mean or I'm just a dick. Guess what, little chump? I'm just a prick. I'm just living proof that when Christmas hits, there is no Santa Claus with a list of gifts. There is no true love, only clits and dicks. And I know you just want to diss the kid. I'm going to show you grudges and split your wig. Could show you love, but I live to live with no interruption as I get my chips. Don't go floss much. Don't flip the wrist. Don't know y'all fucks. Don't get so pissed. When I don't walk up, y'all quick to trip over your own left foot like a crippled bitch. I ain't supposed to get all excited and kiss your dick. Make you look cool in public so you can get some chicks. Better get you some business trying to get with this. You ain't from 253 cuz you just a bitch. I kind of Damn. put a West Coast spin on it. <laughs> I mean, that fits. That's, 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 a, that's a West Coast beat. You got to have the right swing for that. Yeah, it's something about when you say cuz. They know you mean it when you say cuz. Right. <laughs> Let's see, man. <laughs> All right, it's it's, t- it's 10.15. We got, we got to wrap it up. I should make another adult beverage and... And be off, be off to bed and off to the shift to to fucking serve the corporate monster that does absolutely nothing for the species or the environment. Tell me about it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get ready. To, I gotta get ready to uh, head to bed my damn self. Finish this laundry. Get ready to go slave away all day tomorrow. But it's all, it's all good, man. We can, we can wrap this up now. Uh, hopefully, everyone who listened got to hear some. Dope bars and shit. 
and some ill talk, some random ranting. I do my 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 rants are very short and awkward. That's why I know it's always funny when I end them. Cause they're like, is he is he gonna keep talking? What's what's going on with this guy? I just I hear something, I flip out on it for like three sentences, and then I I feel okay. I can take a break. So yeah, there's a lot of awkward silences because I just uh, I just gotta yell something real quick, and it's uh, intellectual Tourette's. I don't know. That. <laughs> Yeah, totally understand. Now, don't worry, man. I, I, I got you. I got you. But, yeah, I'm going I'm to wrap this shit up. Like, uh, yeah, that. folks, that is the break beat. Yeah, catch us in two weeks. All right, son, catch you later. Yeah, peace. Peace.